I'm Kate Daniels. I think about the phrase, we are only as strong as our weakest link. Let's apply this to us in our society. Where do we find the weakest link? It's very easily each of us at varying times, perhaps. Consider this as we meet Killian No, the founding director and pastoral counselor of Recovery Cafe. It's truly an incredible place, a successful model of helping persons struggling with addictions and mental health issues. It's successful because the need is great and the Recovery Cafe keeps expanding locations. Let's meet Killian to learn more and see how we can be part of a solution be supporters. Killian, no, good morning. It is so wonderful to be able to connect with you once again. Good morning, Kate. It is always a treat to connect with you. I just appreciate so much the work that you do with Recovery Cafe. It's uh, a, a labor. I don't even know if it's labor. It's a work of love and a work that is just really reaping incredible benefits in terms of really saving lives, literally saving lives, correct? Um, yes, we we hope so every day. That's our hope. So for anyone that doesn't know about Recovery Cafe, and you've been around certainly long enough, more than a de- decade, is it much more than a decade? Uh, since uh, we opened in 2004 in Seattle. Oh, oh, so my goodness, yes, 15 years, way yes. beyond. <laughs> yes, 15 years. 15 years. And so such great work is being done, and certainly your location has moved. Here's the really wonderful thing. As the new year will begin, there's even a new one in the Seattle area that is going to open. That's correct. Uh, we, um, as as you know, we are currently operating a recovery cafe in South Lake Union on Boren Avenue, but on January 15th, we will open our second Seattle Recovery Cafe in the Soto neighborhood. And we're really excited about it because the need in that neighborhood is immense. It's, it's, a, it's a desert, really, in terms of services for people suffering on the streets and so we we just are excited to be able to move into that neighborhood and and be a, a refuge and be an oasis and be a a place of healing and belonging and becoming. We're we're really excited about it, and we also know there will be new challenges um, because the neighborhood is is different and there aren't as many services for the people we serve. Uh, so there will be all kinds of new challenges, but we're really excited about it. And I would imagine, remembering our previous conversations, that um, the challenges of the services, that some of that uh, will be supported by they're graduates, essentially, your members who have really succeeded in their journey of recovery are, are running programs. So uh, will they move to the Sotos area or are there new people that will come on board? 
That's a really great question, Kate. We um, we have been uh, committed all along to raising up leaders from among our members, and we um, will take with us uh, staff and members who have been raised up in the Boren Avenue Recovery Cafe, and we will plant them in the new cafe so that they will um, be able to um, create the culture, the culture of healing and the culture of belonging and and of, of loving people and accepting and the culture of what I think our special sauce is really a, a culture of loving accountability. And so, yes, we will we will be bringing people who have been steeped in that culture at uh, our Bourne Avenue Cafe and and planting them there so that we could create that same culture in Soto. Let's just focus in a little more on that culture of really uh, Recovery Cafe is about accepting, welcoming, loving people right where they are and, and walking with them on this journey. That's very well said. Thank you. That's that's what we hope to do every day. Meet and, people where they are, uh, love them, and and um, help them to to come to know that not only are they loved, but that they have gifts yes. to offer the larger community. And because it's when we are offering our gifts that much of our healing comes. It's when we're reaching out to others that we ourselves are are um, made whole. Right. And such rewards that come from that. And it, it takes time, but the results are there. Uh, over the this 15 years, there have been many people who've walked through these doors, not just in Seattle, but there's Everett, there's Tacoma, and there's elsewhere across the country as well, correct? That's right. We, um, a, a few years into operating our recovery cafe and, and, um, helping people to experience being loved and 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 being um given opportunities to contribute and and exercise their gifts on behalf of the whole uh after doing that for several years a group started coming to us and saying help us do this in our city the first group was uh San Jose California, they came to us and said, help us. How do we do this in our city? And so we would tell them everything that we had learned about creating this culture of healing and belonging. And and we offered them all the documents that we had developed and just all the program nuances. We just offered it to them. And then we realized that as other groups came to ask for help, we needed to to be a little more focused and help in helping groups 
launch this model. So we created what is called the Recovery Cafe Network. And the network is, uh, we, we now have 22 recovery cafes in the network. Which so is... the network walks with groups and gives them all the training and all the support that they need to open a recovery cafe in their town or their city. And that is priceless because it takes time to work out the nuances. So each city doesn't have to figure it out on their own. When you have something that works, works as beautifully and successfully as the Recovery Cafe, it it's just making great sense to want to replicate it. Yes. All the groups that have launched Recovery Cafes in their city, they express a lot of gratitude for having a blueprint so that they don't have to recreate the wheel and so they they have found it to be very helpful and we of course are just having a blast sharing the model with them and walking with them so it's been it's been really great for everybody how many members would you say or maybe you know exactly do you have at the Bourne Avenue Recovery Cafe we our target number of members we 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 like to have 350 members at any given time sometimes that number um drops it drops below that but we try not to go above that because that is the number that we feel we can hold with with real integrity we we talk a lot about the importance of being deeply known and loved and how so many of us, we may have places where we feel deeply known, but, but not, not particularly loved. Or we may have a place where we, people seem to love us, but they don't really know us. Mm. And there's something um, um, lacking there. But we talk a lot about the importance of being both deeply known and loved. And we feel that in any given site, at least our Bourne Avenue site, and we think the same will be true in our Soto site, we can do that well with about 350 members at any given time. And knowing what our sad conditions are here in the greater Seattle area, we know that that number can be attained probably quite, quite quickly. Yes. I mean, the need is immense. The need is immense. But um, in some ways, you might think, oh, 350 at any given time, that's a drop in the bucket. But when when individuals are able to establish a foundation in recovery from um, trauma and addiction and other mental health challenges, then they become instruments of that healing in the larger culture, in their own families, in, in um, their work, and as they go about their lives. And so the ripple effect mm. is tremendous. Exactly. 
And the value with this rather controlled number is really having that personal connection. It starts to get too large and it becomes impersonal and then it falls apart, doesn't it? Right. I I do think our special sauce, as I've said, you know, just a moment ago, is really knowing people deeply and and giving, you know, we say um, no one is knows everyone, all of the 350, it, it, no one is known by all 350 members of our community, but everyone is known deeply by a certain percentage of the community. And we do... We and make sure that happens through these small loving accountability groups called recovery circles. So everyone participates in a recovery circle. That becomes their family, their place of being deeply known and loved. And and there is an accountability that comes with just being known. Um, I remember one. One day, I, I'm a part of a recovery circle, have been for, you know, 15 years. And I remember one day a, a, a woman came in, and it was her very first day. She committed to being a part of the community. She shared in the recovery circle. She said, you know, this is all new for me because she said for the last 12 years, Every morning at nine o'clock, I have met with a drug dealer. And without skipping a beat, one of the women in the recovery circle responded to her very lovingly. She said, you know, tomorrow morning at nine o'clock, you'll be meeting me. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that's, that's really the that's kind of at the heart of this model yes that what we couldn't do on our own we can do with others and we just need structures that hold that i I know kate you are aware of all the studies that are um that have been done recently about the epidemic of loneliness in our larger culture i read one study that 50 percent of people in our uh, U.S. culture, reported being lonely, and and read another another study where 39 percent of people in the larger U.S. culture said they are not known by really known by anyone. Um, now I don't know how they arrived at those percentages, but but I do think there is some truth that there is an epidemic of loneliness in our larger culture. And and what we all need are structures where community can happen and where we really do become a part of other people's lives and they're part of our lives and we're, we're not trying to do life all alone. And so that that's really the the heart of this model. So the recovery circles are the beginning point. 
everyone joins into a recovery circle and it's all peer supported, which really gives it such a a, a great solid foundation, I feel. Yes, I I would say that the recovery circles are the, they're the heart um, of, of the model and everyone commits Everyone who becomes a part of the Recovery Cafe community makes three commitments. One, um, to be drug and alcohol free for 24 hours before entering the space. Because it's super important that that the cafe remain a refuge for people seeking to rebuild their lives and, and to recover from you know, various um, things. We are, we are all recovering from so many things, but uh, recovering from addiction and other mental health challenges, homelessness. So the first commitment is, is that a commitment to being drug and alcohol free for 24 hours before entering the space. The second is to, to participate in this recovery circle then everyone is given one you're right on their first when they join the community everyone is assigned to a recovery circle that becomes their family and the the third commitment that everyone makes is that everyone will be a contributor you don't come to recovery cafe just to receive services you come to contribute because as I said earlier it's in giving ourselves that we actually find life you know and so we believe that everyone contributing is a huge part of our healing journey so those are the three primary commitments people make and then there are many opportunities to take classes, to participate in activities, to develop gifts and interests. And that seems to be really important to to people um, seeking to rebuild their lives, having so many opportunities to to do very, very positive, life-affirming things in the community seems to be really important. And I recall when we've talked before a story of a woman who, in her journey, one of the choices she made was to participate in yoga classes, and that she oh, right yeah. she loved it yes, so much. I, I remember um, sharing that story with you. She um, she found though one of our members who had suffered from since she was really a, a, a child had suffered from hearing voices and she found that yoga, um, you know, she also was receiving mental health care, um, but she found that yoga really helped to silence those voices and really, really helped her mental health. And so after taking it a while for her herself, she uh, became a yoga instructor. She she did went through the yoga training to become a yoga instructor, and then she I think this is 
the story you're referring to, then she began offering yoga at a local mental health center. Um, yes. Which, and I just thought, what a, what an amazing thing to to find something that's helpful to you, and then give it to others who need it. Exactly. Um, that's really just. It's a. It's kind of what this whole season is all about, right? Yes, that we're in. It that it definitely is, and we can see how all of that working together really just makes a person feel so fulfilled because they've been helped, and that that validates the experience to share it with others that they can see. Oh, that was your case. You did this. It's been such a help that uh, you know whatever it is. In this case, yoga. It's like I will give that a try, and I'll see how it might make a difference in my life. Right. 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 Yeah. And and I see from that that the healing, the personal healing goes on. The person begins to feel more complete. They've found more of themselves. And then they become, this is so important, contributing members of society so that where, you know, they felt that they had no means of making a living now they're they are living and and are able to live well yes and and i mean it's it's really it's really not rocket science is it? i mean it's what we all need we all need to first know that our lives have value and that we're loved and then we also all need to to come to believe that we can contribute to the lives of others, and that's that's what makes for a meaningful life for all of us. So that's really what we try to just put into practice in our recovery cafe communities. And the fact that this first recovery cafe is now uh, past its 15th year that there are Soto is getting ready to open up there are 22 recovery cafes in the network attests to how strong a model this is how lives are being changed and and my feeling and this is was part of my intent with our getting together to discuss this Killian is that at this time of year we're we're just ending the year but people are often looking at oh my goodness I just didn't make all the donations I really wanted to make I still have some funds uh that I want to use in a constructive way and I feel that without question this recovery cafe is where we should make a donation that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. So how do we go about doing that? Well, you can find us at recoverycafe.org. Um, we have a website. There's a, a, a fairly simple way to uh, make a contribution right, you know, by using the website. Yeah. So, uh, yes, of course, we would, we would love for anyone who feels drawn to this model of community we would love for you to participate through um going on our website and sharing resources with with people who really 
um, have suffered a lot. You know, uh, we, we have found that everyone in our community, nine out of ten of the people who are in our recovery cafe communities have suffered trauma and they've suffered homelessness and they've suffered, you know, in so many ways. So having people um, offer support to to people who have suffered so much is uh, is not only great for the people in our communities who have suffered so much, it's great for it's great for all of us in our larger culture. Exactly. It, yeah. You know, the bottom line is we belong to each other. Mm-hmm. We we don't always act like we belong to each other, but but we belong to each other. Exactly. So when we do act that way, it's good for all of us, right? Exactly. Oh, absolutely. And that's an important key part of this is that we are all connected. And, you know, some of us have been more fortunate in in how we have been able to uh, have different kinds of successes and have perhaps had loving homes where we haven't suffered such traumas. And then it is upon us to then share with others our resources and because we are, without question, one family. Amen. <laughs> well said, Kate. I love that. Well, I, I love this work of Recovery Cafe because, you know, we just know the need is great. And we want to, I think most of us really want to be part of a solution. We want to make a difference in the world. And we don't each have to go start something to do that. When we see, as other cities look toward Recovery Cafe, they say, hey, I love what you're doing. Can we, you know, see how this model works and you help them? So with us each as individuals, we support that work so it can continue to grow. Thank you. Oh, well, my thanks to you that you have this passion, you've had the vision, Killian, and that you continue doing this incredible work and we see it spreading and, you know, Seeing Soto opening, as you said, there's such a great need there. All the more we need to support this. And uh, so I I guess we could just even make a donation and specify. I really want to make sure that Soto gets a great running start. That would be great. Thank you, Kate. Thank you for your um, enthusiasm and for um, who you are, uh, your heart is uh, very special and you know how deeply we are all connected and I'm grateful for that. I do know that and that's what we want to make sure that we communicate and I think if we just even have some resistance but are willing to kind of open up a bit, it's a journey as well as everything that we're doing. It's the journey. Yeah. Yes. So once more, let's mention the website. Recoverycafe.org. So simple. And oh, one other thing too, maybe there's a calling to want to be a volunteer. Uh, There are various ways that people can volunteer. That information is at the website as well, correct? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. Well, this has been most informative. I I love to be able to just... uh, 
touch base and see what's going on. And there are great things going on. So, Killian, no, again, thank you for the love of all people that you are sharing with our community and watching that grow. And uh, wishing you all the joys of this blessed season and a most incredible 2020. Thank you so much, Kate, and the same to you and yours. And to everyone who's listening, thank you, thank you. This is Mandy Ringenberg with your Sunday morning shout-out. This week's shout-out goes to the Washington State Trails Association. Washington Trails Association works to mobilize hikers and everyone who loves the outdoors to explore, steward, and champion trails on public lands. Building a knowledgeable and passionate community of hikers is absolutely key to the future of trails and something Washington Trails Association really strives for. They ultimately love exploring nature, and it's also good for people's hearts, minds, and bodies that hiking is a very powerful way for everyone to connect with our state's natural wonders. They believe that people will protect the places they love to hike from local parks to remote wilderness and by doing so educate themselves and others around them to continue to protect the lands. It's vitally important for everyone to have the opportunity to access the outdoors and the Parks Association is absolutely committed to reducing barriers to hiking trails and lands. By doing so, they provide programs for inspired and engaged hikers to get involved in. This is a hope to educate people on how they can continue to enjoy and protect nature. You can also check out their strategic plan from 2015 to 2020 on how they are sustaining the Washington State Trails, as well as their initiatives to protect certain lands for the public to enjoy. In addition, check out their accomplishments over the past couple of years. They definitely continue to inspire people to get outside. One way they inspired people to get out and enjoy the outdoors was educating roughly 275,000 people on how to better understand passes or permits they needed for the public lands. By using their website, social media, videos, and in-person communication, Washington Trails Association connected with thousands of hikers on how to use trail basics and essential skills, how to pack for different hikes, share the trail, and even how to hike with a dog. Go check out their website if you want to find other ways to get involved, which hikes you should look at, and of course, how to volunteer and protect these trails. That's at WTA.org. That stands for Washington Trails Association. WTA.org.